you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. It's a crossover show here on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We are talking with Patricia Traina of Locked On Cowboys to preview uh, the Cowboys week 15 game against the Giants. Uh, we talk about the Cowboys season so far. We talk about Micah Parsons. Uh, we talked about what the Giants future looks like with maybe no Dave Gettleman, maybe no Joe Judge, maybe no Daniel Jones. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive right into that conversation right now. All right. Welcome back, Cowboys and Giants fans. We're here with the absolutely awesome Patricia Traina from Locked On Giants to talk about this Giants season. Uh, Patricia, it's been it's been quite the year for the Giants. I just don't know what, what else to say. It has. And uh, you could tell by looking at my face that I'm exhausted from this team. (laughs) Seriously, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, the media loves to cover a losing team. That's not true. Not Not true at all. We do not. It is exhausting. It is mentally draining and it is not fun. So uh, unfortunately, the Giants that, you know, having blown it last week against the Chargers, they are guaranteed their fifth straight losing season. And how much more can this poor fan base take? It's been almost a decade, except for one year. It's been primarily a decade since this team has been any good. And it's just so frustrating. I know I'm not supposed to say this as a Cowboy fan, but the NFL is definitely better when we have like a good Giants team because it makes these rivalry games like the Cowboys and Giants just way more fun, right? When they actually mean something, not to say that this game doesn't mean anything for Dallas, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like these games are a lot more fun when it's, battling for the top of the NFC East. Yeah, exactly. Because we can all trash talk with each other. We can't do that. <laughs> Giant fans can't say anything because uh, they're not I good. <laughs> I and it's not just with the Cowboys. It's with the Eagles and, and, and the Washington football team. So yeah. it's just, it's like you sit there and you go, ah, oh. I know it's uh, all right. Well, I, we can talk about this game, but that's actually not that all that interesting to me. Uh, I want to talk about the Giants long-term. So let's go through some different things. Dave Gettleman. Do you think he's back next year or do you think this is officially his last year? I think he's out after this year. I think he's going to retire. Um, The Giants are going to let him walk out with his dignity. I think, you know, whether he wants to retire, I kind of get the impression he does. Um, But He's in the 70s, isn't he? I'm sorry? Isn't he? He's like in his late 60s, early 70s, right? Early 70s. Yeah. He's 71 if I'm or going to be 71. But uh, look, you know, he came in here, did his best. But four years later, the offensive line is still a mess. The, his his one loss record is is not very good. Um, some of his decisions, mm. he's had some good ones. I don't want to totally you know trash the guy. He's had some smart decisions. He's had some smart drafts, but he's also made some head scratchers. Um, and and, and there are just so many I can list here. So it's time to kind of just start over. Get somebody in here who's a little bit more new school, somebody who's up with the trends of the league today, because the trends that I think Dave Gettleman follows might've been applicable back in the eighties, the nineties, maybe even the, the early part of the, uh, of the century, no longer are, are applicable, I think right now. And, and they just need somebody who's progressive. All right. What about Joe judge? So this is what it will be year three in 2022. Do you think he's back? Absolutely. 
I yeah. definitely think he'll be back. Um, Judge, you know, it's interesting. He spoke to he to us this week, which you know he does every week, and just the way he was talking, I kind of got the impression that when he was interviewing for the job, he kind of spoke with with team ownership and said, "Look, this is a process. This is not going to turn around in a year. It may not turn around in two years. I'm going to need time to do this right because this is how it was." In New England, this is how it was in Alabama. That's just the impression I got. And then there's the other thing, and and you know, I don't know how much this is going to factor into the equation, but the Giants have one more year to go on Pat Shermer's contract. Mm-hmm. I can't see them wanting to pay out Shermer, wanting to pay out Joe Judge. And now they got to pay a third head, a third head coach, plus pay out whatever is owed to Dave Gettleman. That's just throwing money away. I don't see that happening, but, you know, Joe, you know, the record hasn't been good, but, and, and I don't like to use this excuse because it's, it's just, it's not an excuse. Every team has it, but you look at some of the injuries the giants have had and oh my God, I, I ask, can any team function, you know, if you lose your starting quarterback who I, I get it, he's not no. you know Tom Brady, yeah. he's not Dak no. Prescott, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but you lose your starting running back. You lose your starting quarterback. You lose half of your offensive line, which wasn't very good to begin with. And now you've got backups basically in there. You lose your key inside linebacker. Um, your, your receivers can't get on the field. I mean, Daniel Jones and his weapons have been on the field this season for six snaps. Yeah. That's unheard of. So, you know, again, I don't like to use that as an excuse, but it, it does bear uh, a mention. But you're seeing it in Dallas, right? Like Dak Prescott has struggled when he hasn't all hasn't had all of his receivers on the field at the same time. You know, he's used to throwing to three or four guys, and when they're not on the field, it certainly hampers him. So I completely understand. Um, I want to ask you about Daniel Jones. So the Giants picked him in 2019. This is year three. They have to make a decision, I believe, in 20 or this offseason about the fifth-year option. As we stand now, do you think the Giants are going to pick that up? I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Earlier in the year, if you had asked me this, I would have said, oh, absolutely. But I wouldn't do it now. And and th- there's two reasons why. Number one, the biggest one for me is the injury factor. This guy gets hurt every year. Okay. We got spoiled with Eli Manning. Eli Manning never got hurt, never missed a game because of injury. But Daniel, you know, look, I appreciate that he wants to be the tough guy, but good Lord, you've got to be smart out there. You yep. can't you know, if you're taking off as a runner and you're constantly lowering your shoulder, lowering your and, and exposing your head and your neck area, you're going to get dinged. And I said this when, you know, back when he got dinged before in the Cowboy game earlier in the year, mm-hmm. I kept saying somebody's going to hit him and he's going to get dinged. And sure enough, he got he, he did. And I kept saying it even after he came back, when I saw him lowering the head and the shoulder and I would scream out slide, slide, because, you know, fine, you want to run. That's, that's great. But slide for Pete's sake, put, put your legs at risk as opposed to your head and neck, which is, you know, a very delicate area. But yeah, I mean, Daniel at at this point, I think, and, and probably a new GM is going to make this decision because I, like I said before, I'm, I'm, I don't think Dave Gettleman is back. So a new GM coming in doesn't have any loyalty, if you will, to Daniel Jones, you know, doesn't have to, you know, protect the fact that he made that draft pick. Um, Daniel Jones has improved a little. Has he taken the big step forward that I think they were hoping he would take? No. Is part of that because of the injuries 
yes, I think you can make that argument, but also part of that is on Daniel. And I think just all those factors considered, if I'm them, let him play out year four. If he does really well, franchise him if you have to, yep. to keep his, his, his rights. You know, I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to get a big term contract if he continues to get injured. And if he does, then, you know, if, if he, if he gets through a year and has a banner year, you, you deal with that, you know, you cross that bridge if you come to it, which I don't think they will have to. So no, I, I would not pick up Daniel Jones's fourth, uh, fifth year option. Our last question for you. And I know that we're a long way away from the off season and the draft, but you and you kind of even mentioned it. You think like just let next year be a, a year where you have Daniel Jones in a make or break it year. Do you think the Giants will probably use their two first round picks to upgrade their offensive line and just their their pass rush in general? They better upgrade that offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they better. If they don't, I, I guarantee you, you're going to see an angry mob march to East Rutherford and want to burn <laughs> down that building. So you got to give yeah. whatever quarterback is back there. You got to give him a chance. You right? have to. Exactly. I mean, look, let's go real quick. Go through that giant offensive line. Andrew Thomas, I think is a keeper at left tackle. I agree. Left guard. They have uh, Matt Skira. Uh-uh. Not, not, not a fan. Journeyman. Billy yep. Price, a former number one draft pick of the Bengals. Ask yourself if he was so good. Why did the Bengals trade him? Correct. A number one draft pick. All right. Right guard, Will Hernandez, who was a high draft pick, a, a hot, I think a, a second rounder for the Giants a few years ago, looked great as a rookie, but hasn't looked good since. And dang damn it, he can't pick up a stunt to save his life. <laughs> it's just been frustrating. And then you have Nate Solder at right tackle, who's been, you know, I hate to say it, he's been like a turnstile. You know, and then Matt Parrott, who's who's also looked kind of shabby. So they better off update that offensive line because it that unit has just been bad. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning just feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup, winner takes all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are four times better than what they're used to. Why? It's because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head to head is what daily daily fantasy football really should be. It's one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That is stathero.com slash locked on and then use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com. Giant fans to the crossover section of the Locked On Giants podcast. And I am Patricia Trena. And joining me is Marcus Mosier. He is one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And Marcus, you're having a grand old time down there in Dallas. First <laughs> place, you can clinch the playoffs. I am so jealous of you guys. Well, thank you. It's been it's been a weird year for the Cowboys. The Cowboys have won the last two games, and you would never know it by the way this team is covered uh, over the last couple of weeks. You know, people are just 
Uh, they're worried about Dak Prescott. They're worried about the Cowboys losing offensive coordinators. And meanwhile, they have a chance to still be the number one seed in the NFC. So it's a, it's a crazy time to be a Cowboy fan. Sure is. But at least you guys are winning, which is more than what we in Giants <laughs> country can say. But hey, listen, uh, nonetheless, we still got games to cover. We still got stuff to talk about. And this weekend, the Cowboys come to MetLife Stadium for, I don't know if you could call it the rubber game, but it's the, you know, the second of the two annual uh season series Mm -hmm. against the two Cowboys won the first one way back in week five. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys. And I got to start off by asking about Dak Prescott, who looks like he struggled a bit lately. Do you see a recurring theme behind his struggles or what's going on with Dak? It's a really, really fair question. And I think the answer is complicated. I think it's a lot of things. It's they, the offensive line has been, they've been moving pieces around. Tyron Smith has been out. He just got back and now he's out this week. They changed their left guard. They've been changing their right tackle. So there's been no continuity on the offensive line. None at the receivers, right? Like last week was the first week we, we saw Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup really all together. And those guys didn't play particularly well. They were running some wrong routes. They were running routes at the wrong depth and Prescott just is making some bad reads. So I don't think it's anything physically wrong with him. I don't think it's anything mentally wrong. It's just they're in a little bit of a slump right now. Their things aren't clicking as well as they were earlier in the season. Now, carrying that Cowboys team has been their defense. Let's talk Mm. about that because I think at the start of the year, I believe you guys had some concerns about that defense. I think it was the back end that concerned you, but Mm -hmm. that unit's been playing lights out. What has been the big difference for that unit? Yeah, it's hard to believe that the Cowboys are a defensive-minded team right now where they want to you know, play ball control football and rely on their defense because that's not the way it's been for the last couple of years, right? But it's it's absolutely, absolutely true right now. They forced uh, four turnovers in back-to-back games, and it's really because of their pass rush, right? Demarcus Lawrence is back. Randy Gregory is back. Micah Parsons is still rushing the passer at an incredible rate. They're able to get pressure with their front four and front five guys, and it's taking a lot of the, the pressure and onus off the defensive backs who can now be aggressive and know that the ball is going to be coming out hot and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's it's really the play of their, their defensive line that's really transformed this team. Now, speaking of Micah Parsons, you know, a, a lot of Giant fans are like, they wonder what could have been had the Giants set yeah put at 11 and, and taken Micah Parsons in the draft. But uh, I believe when he first came out of Penn state, there might've been some questions by some people about whether or not he was, he had it in him to be like a, a full scale pass rusher. He has shown that ability. Is it something that the, that the coaches have done to bring that out of him? Or is it just a matter of comfort or what do you think has been the key for him suddenly getting uh, on this tear of his? That's a really, really good question. But I first want to ask you this before I get to that. How do Giants fans feel about the Parsons thing? Because obviously they traded back and they got Kadarius Tony, right? And Tony's been good when he's been healthy and they've got a, a, another pick coming next year in the first round. But what's the just the general feel from Giants fans about how they handled the first round of last year's draft? Well, you know, everything hindsight's 2020. Of you course, know? Of course. Kadarius Tony is has been injured. He's he's on COVID now, second time this year. So some people look at him and say, Oh, bust, you know. And some people look at the pass rush or the lack of the pass rush and are like, well, we don't have a pass rush. So 
Just think if we had had Parsons and now we've got to face him twice a year. So I, I think it's split. But that said, I think it's it's going to make things a lot better when they find out mm-hmm. where the Giants are drafting and where that Bears pick is going to fall. And right now it looks like it could be uh, definitely in the top 10, possibly two top five picks. That I think everybody would sign yeah. up for that, I would think. It's also helped that Aziz Ojolari has been pretty decent as a second round pick, right? Like he's at least giving them something. But uh, to talk about Parsons, <laughs> this is, it's really complicated because the Cowboys liked two cornerbacks better than Michael Parsons in the draft. They liked J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan. They were upset when those guys were off the board and they traded down and took Parsons. And the only reason they took him because he was the best player available. It wasn't like they they thought he was a generational pass rusher. They just thought, hey, this is an athletic off the ball linebacker. Let's take him and let's see where it goes. He really only started to become an edge player out of necessity. In week two, the Marcus Lawrence was out with a, with a foot injury. Uh, Randy Gregory was out with COVID and Dorrance Armstrong was banged up. So they had really no choice but to use him as an edge rusher. And because he played so well in that game, they've kind of left him there ever since. So it, it would be really nice to say, yeah, the Cowboys had this long plan. They envisioned him as the edge rusher when they drafted him, but it's just simply not true. Amazing how the Cowboys kind of fell into this, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like it was all, uh, I, I guess, by accident, if you will. Yeah, and if you think of just one thing that different happens, if the Panthers don't trade for Sam Darnold, they probably draft Justin Fields, and that means J.C. Horn falls to them at 10, and they're not picking Micah Parsons at 10 and, or at 12 in a trade back. So the draft is crazy. It's so unpredictable, and that's why we love it. Yes, indeed. Now I want to go back to the offense, if I could, for a second here. Zeke Elliott Mm. has not Mm. looked like Zeke Elliott. And I think I read something about, there was some talk about possibly shutting him down and the Cowboys poo-pooed that, but what's going on with Zeke and should they shut him down? Because he just hasn't been, I guess, the, the guy that, you know, you're used to. It's a really fair question. Um, I think he should be shut down. It's pretty clear he's not healthy. He hurt his back earlier in the season, landing on a pylon when he was diving for the goal line. And then he hurt his knee the following week. Since then, he's just lost all of his explosiveness. And there was a report that the Cowboys were thinking about shutting him down for two or three weeks just to get him healthy. Um, It's a bone bruise that's probably not going to heal by the end of the season, but they feel like it's you know not necessarily something that rest is going to improve. So might as well throw him out there for 10 to 12 touches a game. I, I don't really understand it, Patricia, because I think Tony Pollard is a better player at this stage in his career, but he's banged up as well. He tore his plantar fasciitis. Uh, so he's going to be you know limited the rest of the season. Cowboys just aren't getting a lot of production from the running backs right now, and it's really unfortunate. Indeed. And you need that strong running game to keep the uh, play action going and the passing game going and uh, keep some of the pressure off of Dak Prescott, who has enough pressure as it stands with the struggles that he's in. Now, speaking of the offense, there was a report. I think I saw something about Kellen Moore and the Chicago Bears. If Matt Nagy is fired, what can you tell us about that? And are Cowboy fans worried about losing Kellen Moore? It depends on the week. Like after last week, I think people are like, ah, you can leave Kellamore. You're not a big deal after the offense struggle. But I mean, he's still really good. I think he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. Um, I, I got a feeling that Kellamore is going to be very picky about the next job that he takes. I don't think he's just going to take the first head coaching job that's offered to him. Is Chicago the right fit for him? 
Maybe. I mean, I could see it with a young quarterback, you know, and, you know, some weapons on offense. But I do think there is some concern that Kellen Moore could leave. Uh, it just it might not be this year. He's only been a coach for like four years. I think he needs a couple more years to grow before he takes a job like that. All right, Giant fans, still more to come on today's show. But first, if you are looking for some colorful and comfortable apparel, you've got to check out Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance's apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings you a new look that fits your lifestyle and your preferences, featuring some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and comfort. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, so that those that feel good, do good. And go see for yourself. Check them out, stance.com. Use our special promo code locked on, and you will get 15% off your first purchase. Again, that's code locked on. Apply it at checkout at stance.com for 15% off your entire order at stance.com. All right, Giant fans, still more to come on today's show. But first, it's the most wonderful time of the year as college football gears up for its playoffs. The NFL playoff race is taking shape and the NBA and NHL are continuing to keep us warm through the winter here in the Northeast. And no matter what sport you like, Bet Online has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that they have available. Visit betonline today and get your 50% welcome bonus with the code locked on. All right, now I want to go back to Micah Parsons because this kind of ties into something with the Giants. Parsons and Saquon Barkley former teammates at Penn Mm -hmm. State, best buds. Barkley said something today that kind of irked me a little bit. And I like Barkley, don't get me wrong. But he compared Parsons and said, well, actually he didn't compare it. He said some of what Parsons does is very LT-like. And LT, Mm. of course, Mm. Lawrence Taylor, who, in my opinion, the greatest linebacker ever to play the game. I mean, who's going to, how many times did, you know, Bill Walsh have to come up with, creative ways and new ways to, to slow yep. LT down. Same thing with Joe Gibbs. That said, let's, you know, just sticking back with, uh, with Micah Parsons and what he does well. And the, the converse now that he's in the conversation for, you know, defensive player of the year, also defensive rookie of the year, where have you seen the most growth in Micah Parsons, this game? Yeah. So Patricia, we did a, a podcast. Was it earlier this off season about Eli Manning, whether he's overrated or underrated, uh, I will never, ever say that Lawrence Taylor is overrated. I think he's the best defensive player in NFL history. So uh, there you go, Giants fans. I, I don't hate all your players, I promise. If you had said he was, I'm good, I would <laughs> no, no, no. email out there and you would have gotten a flood <laughs> of nasty emails. <laughs> no, Lawrence Taylor is absolutely incredible. And if you haven't, like, if you're a younger fan, please, please go to YouTube and watch him because that guy is the most terrifying defender I've ever, ever seen. Um I get why people are comparing him to Lawrence Taylor. It's because Lawrence Taylor is the last rookie to win defensive player of the year. Right. And he's not just a pass rusher. You can put Lawrence Taylor wherever on the field and he was going to win. He's just that type of athlete, that type of football player. I think that's what a lot of people see in Micah Parsons. 
Um, I, I really think he's grown just as a playmaker. Like he just finds ways to make big impact plays when they absolutely need him. He still needs to get better in coverage. He needs to get better when it comes to being an off the ball linebacker and some of his run fits, but the guy just has a knack for making big plays. And I think that's why you hear guys like Saquon Barkley make that comparison. Well, that and plus he probably hasn't seen Lawrence Taylor play. Yeah, true. Some of those he's what, like 23 years old. Could so not believe probably, right. he said that. I was like, <laughs> he, and again, he didn't sit, compare and say, oh, you know, Mike is the next Lawrence Taylor. Right. He, yeah. he said he saw qualities, I guess, that were very LT like. And I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, <laughs> no disrespect to Michael Parsons. Yeah, that's a but, sacred you know, comp L- right there. L- right? LT is like in a whole nother universe, in my opinion. Right. But I saw him play growing up. So um, let me ask you about Mike McCarthy, because I think when we last spoke, there was still some, I guess, uncertainty about Mike Mm -hmm. McCarthy, if he was going to, I guess, come into his own, get to that comfort level, because there was some rockiness with the new coaching staff, bringing in new members of the coaching staff. Can you talk a little bit about the growth you've seen from McCarthy this year? And do you think he's finally kind of settled into that cowboy mode? I do. I don't think Mike McCarthy is the best coach in the league. I don't think he's obviously in the Bill Belichick or Andy Reid tier, but he's just a really good coach and he's very reliable and there's really no games. There's no, I don't know. There's no silliness around the Cowboys with him. It's everything is about winning. Everything is about, you know, trying to to be competitive on Sundays. Uh, He does get his, his team fired up for these games. Like he knows how to, to push the right buttons to make sure his team is fired up. Like, you might think it's a little childish to, to guarantee a win over Washington in a week 14 game, but I, I kind of got the sense that McCarthy thought, hey, we need a little bit of a, a motivational bump. We're in the middle of the season. Uh, I, I'm putting this out there so you guys will go out there and back it up. I, I, I think he's a, just a really, really good coach. All right. Now I'm going to ask you this question. I know it might touch a little bit of a nerve, but I got to ask it because there is a belief that even though the Cowboys are in first place in the NFC East, they haven't really beaten anybody decent. And that Mm -hmm. includes the Giants, by the way. So I'm not, you know, just so you know, I'm not totally dissing it. But uh, when you look at what the Cowboys have accomplished, I mean, I Mm -hmm. I guess a win's a win, but are you a little concerned about the competition that they've beaten versus the competition they haven't beaten? A a little bit, but I think you can do that with every team in the league, right? You look at you know, some of the other wins that maybe like Green Bay has, you know, they beat uh, they beat the Rams who weren't fully healthy. Uh, they beat the Cardinals on a Thursday. And I think you can kind of pick apart a team's wins and losses all year long. I think the Cowboys do have good wins like at New England, at Los Angeles against the Chargers. Obviously, they slipped up against Kansas City and Denver and the Raiders. And I don't know how they did that. It's still still mind boggling. But I think all that really matters, Patricia, and especially these playoffs is just get to the playoffs, get, try to get somewhat healthy. And you never know. The NFL is so up and down. It's so random. I, I just don't think style points necessarily matter all that much. So I think you could be right. We'll just see how much of an impact it has when we get into January. All right. Now let's talk the game here in terms of the giants. They're banged up. They will mm-hmm. not have Daniel Jones. They've got some guys now who tested positive for COVID the secondary I'm concerned about because they won't have a Dory Jackson who's got an injury. Um, Aaron Robinson, who had been starting for him, he's got COVID. Yeah. He's probably not going to play. Xavier McKinney was designated as a, a as a high-risk oh, close yeah. contact. So I'm concerned about that defensive secondary. Looking at the matchups here, where do you see the favorite 
matchups, Cowboys offense versus giant defenses. I, I would guess that passing game might be the, the key there, but, or, or do you see something else as a, as a key? Yeah. And one of the guys that you didn't even mention, Leonard Williams, uh, he hurt his elbow. I saw that he might be able to play in this game after, you know, some, they got some bad news early on. They think he's, is he going to play? We don't know. It's actually a triceps injury, Tricep. so not quite the, uh, the elbow, but it's, it's in that area, obviously. Okay. That's the one that I think the Cowboys could take advantage because Leonard Williams is just such a good player and he's given the Cowboys fits before. And I know they have Dexter Lawrence and they have some other guys in there that are, are good players. I don't think any of them are at the caliber of Leonard Williams. So if the Cowboys can run the ball on this Giants team, if they can throw the ball over the middle across, you know, in front of some of their linebackers, I know like Martinez is out for the year. So that means more Tay Crowder and Reggie Ragland. I think the Cowboys offensive line should have some success against this front seven of the Giants. All right. Flipping it. Giants offense, no Daniel Jones, no mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony. Um, that offensive line is uh, yeah, should be yeah. a feast for the Cowboys, I would think, right? You would think so. And especially if the Giants are really considering, you know, swapping in and out quarterbacks. We saw reports that Jake Fromm might play at least a little bit. Um, I, I, don't understand that, but I don't uh, think that's going to happen. Okay. That I could be wrong. I mean, unless okay. it's a blowout or something. But. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. At least there's some rational coaching there. So um, I would think the Cowboys pass rush could, they should be able to affect Mike Glenn in this one because there, it's just a mismatch between the offensive and defensive line. However, it's not like the giants are void of playmakers, right? Saquon Barkley is back. I know he missed practice on Wednesday, but I think it's fair to assume he'll probably play. Um, he missed or he got hurt early on in the last Cowboys game, like within one of the first plays of the game. They have him. They have Kenny Galladay. Uh, they have a couple other receivers. That always makes you a little bit nervous. But, yeah, the Cowboys defensive line, I think, should almost win this game by themselves. All right. What's your X factor for this game? Yeah, for me, it's Terrence Steele, the left tackle for the Cowboys. Uh, so Tyron Smith is going to miss this game uh, with a high ankle injury. Terrence Steele has been up and down as a left tackle in one game against Denver this year. Uh, he had allowed a lot a nine pressures. He was atrocious the next week against Kansas city. He was better. Um, but I'm curious to see if the giants can take advantage of that. Can somebody like Aziz Ojolari, uh, you know, give him fits on that, on that left side, because if he can, you can really slow down the Cowboys passing offense because Dak Prescott's just not handling pressure very well right now. Keep an eye on Dallas's left tackle. This one. All right, and then final question for you, Marcus. The Giants obviously beat up. They're you know not doing very well. Very easy to overlook this team. You know, mm-hmm. a, a trap game, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Do you get the sense that maybe the Cowboys are, you know, especially after coming off of last week's big win against Washington, and I, I forget who the Cowboys have after the Giants. I think they have NFC East. Washington. Another, yeah. Washington. Yeah. Yes. So do you, do you get the sense that maybe there might be a danger of them looking past the Giants, given how beaten up they are? I think it's possible, especially when you consider that this is the third straight road game for the Cowboys. Um, they have never been good, like during the one o'clock Eastern games. Like they're just, they just always start slow. However, I think I'm going to come back to this pass rush. When you have a defensive line that can win at so many different spots, it's just tough to imagine that the Giants are going to put up 21, 24 points. I believe they're averaging like 17 and a half points per game. I think the Giants would really need to score in the middle 20s, high 20s in order to win this game. 
I think there's a chance, Patricia, that we we have a game like going into the third and fourth quarter, and it's like 17 to 13, and the Cowboys' offense is struggling. But I do have a hard time believe, hard time believing that the Cowboys are going to let this one get away. They need it in order to. Cl- I think they clinch if they they win. clinch if they win this game. Yes. Yeah, I think they're in control of their own destiny. Am I not mistaken? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Whereas if the Giants lose, they're officially out. But you know, nobody's anticipating they're going to. Make it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yep. Yeah. We're all a pessimistic. There. It's a long season. I listen yes, a cowboy is. fan who experienced this last year. The season just feels so long when you're basically been out of contention since week five or week six. It's, it's what about when you've been out of contention for since 2011? <laughs> Gosh, that's not true. You guys made the playoffs. Yeah, in we, had the, right? we had the one good year. Yeah. But, but still it's, it's, <laughs> it's been, this is the fifth straight losing season for the giants, oh, but man. it has been a long haul. I mean, Oh my goodness. But anyway, Marcus, great stuff. Giant fans, make sure you tune in to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I will be on, on with Marcus talking Giants. Make sure you tune back into the to the Locked On Giants podcast tomorrow. We're going to wrap up the week with another show, uh, topic to be determined. So for Marcus Mosher, I am Patricia Trainer. Thank you so much for tuning in to this crossover edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. And we will catch you on the Locked On Giants podcast tomorrow.